Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating and review. It takes less than a minute of your time, and these five-star ratings and reviews are like gold. They really are because what happens is they help people find the podcast more and make the community bigger. And I love that. Also, please subscribe to this podcast because it not only helps with the algorithm, but when there's a new episode, it automatically uploads to your, or downloads, I should say, to your podcast player. Today, we are discussing unreasonable demands in a corporate flight attendant interview and beyond. I'm going to focus on the interview, but there are a couple of stories beyond the interview that are just ridiculous. <laughs> and I know you'll love them. And I've had several of you ask me if I would focus more on the disaster area of when things go wrong. And I am honoring your requests. They are not unreasonable. They are very reasonable. All right. I've heard in the past and have been hearing lately about absolutely insane requests that corporate flight attendants are making during interviews. This isn't a new phenomenon, but my two cents is because many people believe there's such a shortage of workers, they can ask for whatever they want. However, you can't just go into an interview and start demanding unreasonable requests, especially if you're the lowest on the crew totem pole as a flight attendant, right? For example, if you are an FA that's coming in to interview for, let's say, a second FA position, above you are your lead FA, the pilots, the chief pilot, the director of aviation. So you are the lowest on the totem pole. Even if you come in and interview as a lead FA, you are still <laughs> the lowest on the totem pole. So going in and making all these demands makes you come across as just having a big target on your back, a red flag of someone who's not a team player, who's going to cause problems from day one. So you have to be careful and you have to know what to say and how to say it. And we're going to talk about that today. Number one, this one's really funny. I had heard of an instance <laughs> where the FA came in to interview and keep in mind, this FA had not worked a day with this company, not a day. They didn't know her. They'd never seen her contract. They'd never seen her work. And she said in her interview that she wanted the lead flight attendant's job when this lead flight attendant retired and she wanted that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. It's so funny because people have to see your work. They have to see what you're like on the plane. Does the owner like you? Does the crew like you? Do all the pilots like you? Do you know? How do you, how are you to work with on the ground? Are you easy to travel with? They have to figure this out before they decide to fill this potential retiree's shoes. And there's a lot of assumptions in that as well, because if the person who's retiring never said anything, and this interviewee is just assuming, I don't think that's a good thing either. Now, 
let's say that you get the job and you did not make that crazy request, right? So you got the job and it's it's on your mind. You're saying to yourself, okay, when this person retires, I really love it here. I've been here for a year and a half, two years. And this is something that I want to do. This is something that I aspire to move forward in my career is to take over as the lead flight attendant when, I'm just going to say a name, when Susie retires, right? So that I think is reasonable if you sit down your boss, whoever that may be, the director of aviation, the chief pilot, whoever it may be to say, hey, I've been here for a year and a half, two years. I'm hoping that, you know, we all vibe and that you really like my work. And if so, can we talk about me moving into this position when Susie retires? Because Susie has now told the whole company that she's going to be retiring in six months. I think that's extremely reasonable. And you're going to get an honest answer. So let's say they don't like you, then they're going to say something like, uh, and, and you may say to yourself, well, why didn't they fire me if they don't like me? Because you have to have a good reason to fire someone. Maybe they, they like the work you do, but they don't love your personality. So they don't want to deal with you for another 20 years. <laughs> so you're going to get your answer right then. They're going to tell you right away, you know what, we're going to, we'll, we'll think about it, but most likely we're going to start interviewing other people. That means most likely they don't like you and they don't want you for the job. Because if they liked you, they'd be like, no problem. Uh, We'll talk about the process. Let's start the process, the whole thing. You're a natural fit. And that's good for you to know if they don't like you because move on to another company. Then you start applying for other jobs and you move on with your life. Don't ever sit at a company because I've seen this, not just in corporate aviation, but I've seen this where people just sit there and you can tell that management doesn't like them and they're hoping and praying to get the promotion, they're never going to get the promotion. Move on. Too much has happened, right? It's like a bad boyfriend. (laughs) Move on to the next company because you may do much better. Number two, this one's awesome. I've heard of this before where CFAs ask for all holidays and weekends off. I don't know how many times and how many ways I can say this, In corporate aviation, one of the top two or three components is you have to work every holiday and every, well, not every weekend, but most weekends or a lot of weekends. That is the job. If you don't want to do that, you should not be in this industry. Point blank. If you want your weekends and your holidays, then you need to do what I do and work from home and set my own schedule. Or you need to work a normal nine to five in a government setting where you know (laughs) you're going to get off those bank holidays. But corporate aviation is not the place for that. So going into an interview and demanding that is, I don't even know what to say. It's so bizarre. I also know this happened years ago of a pilot, very nice guy, who was nice enough to meet with an FA's friend who was an aspiring FA and wanted to do an informational interview. So this guy, keep in mind, these pilots, their days off and flight attendants, their days off are precious. They don't have a lot of time for people. They only have time for their family, which is completely understandable. So he took time out of his day, drove to a Starbucks. It wasn't far from his house, so at least that was good sat down with the F.A.'s friend, the aspiring F.A., and she said to him something like, 
so I don't have to work holidays and weekends, right? And he says, no, 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 I don't know what you've heard about the job, but it's completely the opposite. And she stopped the interview right there and said, you know what? This isn't for me. Thank you so much for coming out. I'm paying for your Starbucks. Have a nice day. (laughs) And I guess it was good she stopped the interview because otherwise it's just a waste of her time and his time. So I don't think that was so bad. But how do you not know this? How to me, it's, it's just, it's common sense. It's not even, you need to know someone in the industry. It's just common sense. You watch an episode of billions or succession or entourage or whatever you see they're flying on the weekends. You watch, you know, some of these reality shows, Kim Kardashian, whatever you see, they're flying on the weekend. (laughs) It's, it's pretty obvious. So don't do that. Okay. Number three. Oh, this one's good. Asking way above salary, and I mean way above salary, sometimes double the salary that's listed on the website. Yeah, that's even above the pilot's salary. (laughs) So let me give you an example. Let's say that you're interviewing for a second FA position. So you have a lead FA, then you have you to fill in. Let's just say I'm going to pick an arbitrary number that this position pays $90,000 a year. Okay. And you're thinking with all of my experience, perhaps I can get them up to $100,000. There's a bit of a leeway. I can get them up $10,000. That to me in this climate is somewhat reasonable, but you have to have the experience and knowledge to back it up. So let's say you do that and you're successful. That's great. There's a difference between doing that and the salary is listed at 90000 and you're asking for $130,000. you are asking for $150,000. you are even crazy enough to ask for $180,000. I mean, that's not even acceptable, but people are doing it. You also have to ask the question of what is the work-life balance for this company? Because maybe some companies are paying, um, again, this is an arbitrary number, maybe some companies are paying their flight attendants 130, 140,000, but they have no life. They have to work 24 seven. You also have to ask yourself, where are you in the timeline of your life? Are you 22 years old? Are you 25 years old? You're dying to see everything, do everything, fly around the world. All you want to do is work your ass off and pay for that first condo and start your life while you're young, while you don't have kids, while you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other or family. That's understandable. But are you 35? You just had your first child. You don't want to be away that much. Then maybe you take a drop in salary, but you have a much better work-life balance where you see your child a lot more. So you just have to ask yourself these questions. I know of a lead FA who did this, who asked for a very high salary. She did get it. Now, this is an anomaly. She did get the salary that she requested, but it wasn't a good look. Everyone knew about it. Let me tell you something. Pilots talk about salaries constantly in the cockpit. It is this bizarre thing that I never understood. I always thought, you know, you keep your 
money and your salary to yourself, but in this industry, you don't. I have had instances where I have served pilots breakfast and then hours later gone back and served them lunch in the cockpit and they are still (laughs) discussing salary of other companies, their companies. So the whole point is they know everyone's salary, what everyone's making. So it wasn't a good look for the flight attendant because it really pissed a lot of people off. I mean, this flight attendant was making as much as some of the pilots and that did not go over well. When they had to do layoffs, she was the first to be let go and they did not lay off any pilots. So there you go. Number four, I will only work 10 to 12 days a month. (laughs) Again, the lead FA from the example above, she had put in her contract, she would not fly over 10 days a month. She was the first to be let go (laughs) because they can just get a contractor, right? Easily and pay much less for that contractor between bonuses and obviously salary, but bonuses and expenses and all of that. Instead, when you go into an interview, the best thing to do is ask the average days flown in a month. Keep to January 2022 until today, February 2023, for example. So, or if you're listening to this later on and it's, I don't know, January 2024, then you're going to ask for the last two years. Do not ask them to include 2020 or 2021 because those years were anomalies because of COVID. So I guarantee you they hardly flew. And you don't want that screwing up the average because it's going to look like, oh, wow, I only fly six days a month when all of 2020 (laughs) was, you know, pretty much flying no days. So you don't want to do that. So make sure when you ask for the average, it's 2022 and beyond. You can also ask to look at their schedule to make sure they're telling the truth, but some companies will be open to this and some will not. Also, after receiving the average days flown per month, ask if there are any large discrepancies in certain months. For example, that company may fly 20 days in January, but February and March are dead with maybe five days per month. And then April, the schedule picks up again. This is good for you to know because if you do get the job, you already understand not to schedule a personal vacation in January. There are situations where you have booked a family vacation months ahead of time, or maybe you're in a wedding or hell, maybe it's your wedding and you have to take it off. Mention this in the interview and usually the company will be reasonable. Now, if your vacation or this wedding is in January and that's the company's absolute no personal time off month, you will have some decisions to make, but at least you have this knowledge ahead of time. Number five, now let's get into the beyond the interview unreasonable requests. This is funny. A contract FA asked the owner to pay for her training outright. (laughs) She went behind the lead FAs back and did this. I mean, what balls, what narcissism, but everyone sensed that the owner basically wanted to fuck the contractor. And this contractor was sleeping with the chief pilot. 
and I'm not slut shaming at all. Women can have as much sex as men, if not more. And if it's consensual and all that, great. But there's a time and a place for everything. She garnered a reputation very fast and not a good one. By sleeping with the pilot, it put a major wrench in the crew because she didn't have a nice personality and she made it uncomfortable for people. I've heard that she would be straddling the pilot while they were on the ground in the cockpit. Obviously, the owner and his guests were not on the plane, but shit like that, totally inappropriate. I believe there's a difference between, and it happens, where a flight attendant and a pilot meet each other. And yes, they do form a relationship, but they keep it away from the crew. Either it's a situation where you never know, you never would know they were dating, or you do know where you kind of get a sense that something's going on, but they never make it unprofessional. They never make it uncomfortable. And they're both lovely people to work with. So you're fine with it. But this woman was not. All clues led to that she had massive narcissism. And I know we use this word all the time. It's a buzzword, but trust me, all the clues I got, (laughs) massive narcissism. And I believe because she was banging the chief pilot, she felt entitled to ask for whatever unreasonable demand she wanted. The result was the lead FA became sick of her shit, rightfully so, and told the owner that after a review of the contractor's expenses, the contractor was spending too much of his money and she was never seen on the account again. Trust me, this type of behavior always, always backfires. And that's that's what the lead FA has in her back pocket. She can always go to the owner and say, oh, you know, they've been spending too much money here or too much money there. They can always say it because let me tell you something, the owner's not going to ask for those receipts. They're just going to believe you. If they trust you, they're going to believe you. Number six, there was an account with an extremely strict owner. His team of FAs, and there were two, sometimes three, hardly had any time off. And when the second FA asked for time off for a big event, like going to the Super Bowl, let's say, let's say she had tickets to the Super Bowl, she knew that she would be shot down by the owner, but she did so anyway for reasons I'm really not sure of. Actually, I think I do know (laughs) she was very pretty and used to model. And I think she thought the world owed her a lot of favors. I've seen this. I wouldn't say a ton, but I have seen it in the corporate flight attendant community where you're very attractive and you think that just you're above everyone else because of it. And I've seen the opposite. I think I told you guys that I used to supervise models and they were the loveliest, smartest, nicest, most humble women. And I would work with them every day but sometimes you get the opposite. (laughs) So definitely don't do that. We'll start with that. So when the lead FA told the second FA that the owner said no to her time off request, I'm not exaggerating, the second FA cried in the galley throughout the flight. And when she came out to serve the owner, he could tell that she'd been crying and asked what was wrong, though he very well knew what was wrong. He was the type of person who liked to emotionally torture his staff, family, and friends. I had seen it on that account. For some reason, I can't tell you why. He was very nice to me. 
but everyone else he just wanted to torture. And I think back now, his sister really liked me and he loved his sister, had a good relationship. So that's the only reason is she probably would have flipped out (laughs) if uh, he was mean to me. So that's, I was just protected in that way. Now that you've heard this entire episode, I know that none of you will make unreasonable demands in a corporate flight attendant interview or I'll hear about it. I'm just kidding. I would like to drop a small episode later this month, perhaps on a pop culture or celebrity private jet subject. If this happens, it would drop next week on Friday, February 24th, 2023. And fingers crossed, the next primary episode will drop on Friday, March 10th, and it should be the interview with the director of aviation. Check out my CFA book where I go into detail about the corporate flight attendant interview and also check out my list bundle, which includes catering go-tos and the sought-after packing list. The links are in the show notes. Until then, happy flying.